Welcome to the North Street Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is an attempt to connect the people of North Street Community Church in Canton, Pennsylvania with each other and beyond as we interview people and talk about various subjects. I hope this can be a time of encouragement and discipleship as you listen. Enjoy. Welcome again to North to the North Street Podcast. I'm Ben Hess and and I'm Keegan Wright. Keegan Wright is here with us. And uh, this week, I don't actually have any stories off the top of my head to share uh, about my children. Um, so let's just go right into the inter- Unless you do. Do you have a... Oh, I got plenty of stories of the kids, but... Okay. I know. Yesterday, I had some good time with my son. Uh, Charity took Nadia out for a mommy-daughter date. And then, uh, so I was like, well, let's go do something. So Titus and I went down to the bridge and fished for a while. Oh, nice. And uh, just when his attention span was about up, we caught one, thankfully. And, oh, right. And uh, we actually, we prayed that we would catch one because we were getting bored and, and uh, we caught one. So we were like, oh, we're going to praise God for the little things. Yes. And uh, he uh, he was holding it. It was flopping around like crazy. And, and uh, it was cute. I had some pictures <laughs> post or something. But, uh, yeah, so we had fun, some good yeah. bonding time. So one of our adventures, I do have to say, we've been raising a, a wild rabbit. Okay. Um, we caught a uh, little baby bunny. It was in our goat okay. pen. And um, so, yeah, we've been uh, raising that. One of... Our awesome neighbors gave us a rabbit cage, hey. <laughs> and uh, so we have that in there. And Dietrich is loving it. We'll see if it survives. Sure. You never know with these kinds of things. So uh, we're just seeing what. So today we have with us Edna Zimmerman, and she is uh, just been an awesome person in our lives because we get to see her during the week a lot of times if we're in the office because she also helps to clean the building here at North Street Community Church the building and um, so that's a really cool blessing and um, and she has an I mean she has so much experience in life and I thought why not have her share uh, kind of some things from her spec perspective I guess you could say um, and so we asked if she would be willing and she's here so welcome Edna thank you for having me <laughs> yeah and um, and so I guess the first question like we usually say is kind of uh, maybe explaining because I, I feel like this this interview will probably circle more around just your overall relationship with Christ and your journey into that and so a lot of times we will ask people, you know, first about their salvation experience. But I actually want to ask you first, uh, kind of where uh, generally are you from um, originally, you could say. Uh, have you lived in Canton all your life or are you from somewhere else? And what did that look like a little okay. bit? Well, I was born uh, in Lancaster County. My parents moved to Mifflinburg, Union County when I was like two years old. I remember still a little bit about it, but not much at all. And I came out of a family of nine. There was nine of us. Okay. And, uh, you know, growing up, we were, grew up Mennonite, horse and buggy Mennonite, which is very conservative, very plain. It's almost like the Amish. Okay. Not that much difference, I guess. And um, we were a community that kind of kept to ourselves with the, with the other church people we had. Mm-hmm. We don't mingle a whole lot with the, the outside world because I guess... The main thing is, you know, the, the parents would be afraid the influence would pass on to the mm-hmm. children. They want to keep us away from that kind of influence. So we right. were kind of kind of uh, growing up in the community with our church people. And we had a, I had a happy home life. I cannot say that it was bad in any way. I um, was happy as a little child. I, um, we, uh, I mean, I don't have... I don't have very, very good memories, but I don't have any bad memories either. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of, because we never went on vacations like some people do nowadays, you know, yeah. or even the Mennonites, I think, do more nowadays than what they used to okay. go on vacations with their whole family and make memories that way or okay. camping. And okay. like, we, we really didn't do that as a family. Uh, sure. My dad was, I think, more of a strict uh, Mennonite. Yeah. He wasn't a pastor or anything, but he was more strict and he kept, he kept his ties on us, you know, like we had to walk right. We had to walk in the straight and narrow path, what he thought was a straight and narrow path. Okay. And, um, so, so if I can just say, so you, it was horse and buggy Mennonite. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
some people might be confused as to like what well, isn't that just Amish or you know and because I know there's a lot of variations within even the Amish yes. uh, group of um, I guess you could say believers or, or religious however you want to say that um, uh, and then you have uh, Mennonites in general um, which are you know from conservative dress to just whatever uh, and then also you know coming from a pastoral perspective uh, conservative theological to very liberal theological so there's really a, a, a vast mm. and you know like when because when I was in Colorado I used to tell people yeah I grew up Mennonite and so they would automatically ask and I actually sometimes would use it as a way to like talk about you know faith because I would ask, I would I would say they would ask if I, uh, that was the same as Amish. And so then I would go in and I'd say, well, no, this is the difference. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so people might be really confused. I'm sure people are confused a lot of times. Horse and buggy Mennonite, and they see a buggy going down the mm -hmm. road. Right. They think Amish. But it's not necessarily yes. the case. Yes. Yeah. Um, is there a marked difference in any way? Do you know? Well, you know, my understanding is that the Mennonites started first. Right. It came from, is it Switzerland or yeah, whatever? Yeah. Anyhow, I guess then it got a split sometime, I don't know yeah. when, mm -hmm. and the Amish, they called them Amish, they split off and started their own church, and the horse and buggy Mennonites were still going on in their... Okay. So, so the horse and buggy Mennonites um, maybe... Was it a split off of the Mennonites later than like when the Amish did? Is that kind of the understanding possibly? I don't know. Well, I guess I'm thinking that the Mennonites started when they okay. came to America. Yeah. It was Mennonites. Like I right. think the horse and buggy Mennonites, of course, they probably wouldn't have had cars at right. that time. Right, Because cars weren't around weren't then. Around, so. But then yeah. I, I guess there's something that came in between and the, then they then split. They split. Yeah. And okay. then one was called Amish and the, the same was still the horse and buggy Mennonites. Yeah. But then later on, more... Like the horny Mennonites split off of the Mennonites, the Eastern okay. Mennonites split off of the horse and buggy Mennonites. You know, okay. it's like split here and split yeah. there. And yeah. That's why there are so many Mennonites. That's where, why so many different Amish. Even the Amish then had splits in their church, and there's this Amish right. and that Amish. They had different groups. Yeah. Even though they're almost the same, their beliefs are almost the same, they still might have little differences. Yeah. And that's why they couldn't get along as one group anymore. Okay. So it's important to recognize, I think, for for people to recognize that when they say Amish or when they say Mennonite or when they say even mm -hmm. possibly horse and buggy Mennonite, uh, there are just so many different groups and it all comes down to little differences. Mm -hmm. Would you say that the differences are more in terms of like what they believe uh, foundationally about the Bible or is it more about what they believe yeah. in the sense of how they... Um, uh, practice their faith. Well, it's more like okay, one might not agree in electricity. Okay. So they split. They have a split because of that. Some without electric, and some with, okay. or, or, or dress even. Oh, we don't agree with that kind of dress. So they split off because of their disagreement. They split right. off and start their own group. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's so, not normally the Bible, oftentimes. Right. So it's more of a practice type thing, like yeah. how best to practice our beliefs uh, and kind of what I would say would be conformity uh, versus um, like a more theologically based thing where it's like um, uh, how you, what you believe about God you yeah. know the basic yeah it's like usually not about that <laughs> even though I, maybe some are right, right. like maybe like more liberal men I know right. they're more into to God and salvation than, than the old order Mennonite, right, the right. horse and buggy Mennonite, or even right. the Amish maybe. Right. So, so, so in, a, in the perspective of a horse and buggy Mennonite, uh, you know, we actually here at North Street uh, are part of a CMC, which is kind of comes out of a Mennonite, an Amish Mennonite uh, background. Mm -hmm. uh, and our theo theology kind of comes from that perspective. But from a horse and buggy Mennonite's perspective, 
we would be considered liberal. Is that right? Very liberal. Okay. Yep. But yet we're not necessarily putting that as a name in the sense of a political stance. Right. That is in the sense of a, um, I guess, religiously practiced yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's so hard because yeah. it, it these terms get so muddied right. by our present day mm -hmm. politics and right. uh, and even theology, right. the range. Because like we, we consider ourselves conservative in theology, mm -hmm. right. but not in necessarily yeah. our practice. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. And so there's a distinction there. Right. I love. There's a book called the the Grace and Truth Paradox, and mm. and uh, a lot of times, often just very basically explained, more liberal is more focused on grace, and more conservative is more focused on truth. And then there's a lot more to it than that. But it's, <laughs> it's you know Jesus was fully grace and fully truth, and mm. uh, um, so yeah, there's just that a balance, and yeah. everyone's trying to find it, <laughs> and. Uh, I think one thing, and this is just coming from my perspective again, I don't know personally a lot of like Amish or, um, okay. or horse and buggy Mennonite for that matter. Um, I have some relatives who are, uh, you know, Eastern, I think, and, and some mm -hmm. of those uh, groups. But, you know, I, it's interesting because I wonder sometimes like we're actually more similar in a lot of ways, even though we look different mm -hmm. there are similar <laughs> beliefs in, in a lot of those areas um, mm -hmm. however the more uh, I do know that you know the more uh, if you want to say Amish or uh, or some buggy Mennonite you go the distance does start yeah. Yeah. to to get there and so that's what's so hard is, is navigating some of those things sometimes uh, mm -hmm. in learning how to yeah. and they would say um, according how you're dressed right you know they it's it's like okay they kind of go by the outside mm -hmm. instead of the heart okay. and then they, their excuse is well if you're right on if you're dressed right on the outside you're it would come you know it, what's in your heart comes out right and they think that but they have that kind of mixed up it's like plain they think you should be plain mm -hmm. well what is conservative that's dressed or you know okay. for for the glory of god it's not just the plainness but they yeah. think um if you're not dressed plain well then it's paired not in your heart and you have a heart issue okay, okay. that's where i'm not every man that's where the right. man, that's where i came from sure. yeah. always yeah. said sure. okay so i wanted to talk a little bit about that because i i think this is <laughs> such a a hard thing for us who you know, because I still consider myself Mennonite theologically in a lot of ways, uh, even though, like, I don't go around trying to convert people to Mennonitism. You know, that's not the point. Uh, it's just that's the kind of the theological mm -hmm. background that I come from. And so, sure. um, you know, I and, and it's my heritage. I do have to admit that. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and so I'm not trying to convert people to my heritage. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to convert people maybe to my Christian heritage, if you want to right. say, or to following to Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> uh, that's right. a good heritage, you know. In that case, our heritage is Abraham, you know, uh, which is great, you know. Uh, yeah. We're integrated into that family. And so um, trying to get that more biblical, I guess, idea of yeah of what we're about in, in instead of denominational or yeah. those types of things and yeah. so it's a it's a it's an interesting yeah. topic that i i yeah, find it's, interesting it's, it's interesting because like most you know mennonites and amish to point like have pretty similar like theological beliefs like you were saying but it's really comes out different in how it's practiced and mm -hmm. um yeah. it's really how you see all these different groups i think you're saying it's just how it's yes. how it's practiced how different people interpret it and uh so it's interesting just yeah. to see how things split that way um but yeah so so that's where you grew up so about like what time how did your journey you're not still horse and buggy men that you drove your car here so so how did that, yeah how did that Journey well, you know, when I was about 15 out of school, we go to school till we're in eighth grade. Okay. And then when I was through school, I think um, my heart was tender towards God. I think if I would have had the right teachings or maybe just gotten in the Word of God, maybe I would have become born again at that time. But then we start going with the youth, and it's kind of everything went out the window. It's like the youth, we're free, we do what we want more or less, and we're not always really faithful to the church, not always, or really true to what our parents teach us. Okay. 
So, but anyhow, it didn't happen then. Um, but then when I was 17, I joined the church, the Mennonite church with all my friends. That's kind of how they do. Okay. When their friend group does, so do they. I was kind of hoping my friends would wait another year because I felt I wasn't ready. But they were going to go ahead and, and do it. And I thought, yeah. well, I want to do it with my friends. Sure. And one of my friends uh, had said that, I told her, I just don't feel I'm quite ready. She said, well, Edna, you have to realize if we don't do it this year, we have to do it next year. So <laughs> we might as well do it this year. So I said, okay. And, so um, what all did that entail becoming part of the church what did that mean so well, well that would go through instruction classes okay and we would um get baptized and into the church okay and that's you know then we'd automatically be saved okay and that's where i thought i'm now saved because i'm baptized in the church and that's what we were taught okay and uh, i automatically thought i was saved and um and then, well, let's say fast forward, we got married, then me and Leroy are pretty young, you know, 20, 21. So was Leroy part of that same group of... Yes. Okay. Okay. We actually had two churches in the community, like the East End and the West End, and he would have been in the West End, and I was in the East End. Okay. So I didn't hardly get to see him, like, at church. I hardly knew him, actually. Sure. But then the youth group, we all got together, like, the whole community. That's okay. kind of where I got to learn okay. all okay. the different youth yeah. that I didn't know before. Well, then we got married, and then um, soon after we were married, we heard about this tent meeting that was going on. Uh, you yeah. probably know um, Gospel Express. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came and had a tent meeting, okay. and he preached. Well, they sang a while, then he preached, and one thing that stuck with me, he said, he said, you, something about salvation. He said, you will know when you're born again, you won't just hope so anymore. Mm -hmm. And you know, I had always been hoping, well, I hope I'm saved. I believe I'm saved. I hope. And I could never say that I know I'm saved. Okay. And he, he brought that out that night. Okay. And it just really stuck to me. But I was okay. still believing what my parents told me when you're baptized and a church member, you're automatically saved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and for nine months, I struggled with this. Like, he, you know, he, he, what he said sounded so true, but still I want to believe what my parents said, that I am born again already. Mm -hmm. But I finally told the Lord, you know, I know I'm not born again. And I cried out that night, and I got, I got filled with the joy. I know I got uh, born again. Yeah. And what changed in my life, before I was born again, I, I never, I, mean, I just said like a bedtime prayer, and that's it. Yeah. Right. During the day, I didn't think about God. It was all about <laughs> me and I and what we're doing, our kids, you know. Yeah. As soon as I got born again, that was in the forefront of my mind all day long, all night. The first thing I got awake in the morning, I thought about the Lord, okay. you know, and all day long. Wow. And at night before I went to bed, that was the last thing I thought, you know, yeah. about the yeah. Lord. It's just it's so, amazing. So that was just like a turning point mm -hmm. for you then, yeah. like that a marked time where you were just like, all of a sudden your mind was, mm -hmm. and your heart was, the trajectory of your thoughts was just changed. That's and so I, cool. Yeah, and I knew I was born again. I didn't have yeah. to hope anymore. I knew I was. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Even well, I know, I know <laughs> we stayed with the church because we thought, well, we don't want to leave church because we've seen that people leaving church and families, the division because mm -hmm. religion divides, you know. Yeah. So, and we thought, well, we'll just stay with the church, but we'll be born again, but mm -hmm. stay with the church. Yeah. Well, that didn't last very long because we were hungry and we knew mm -hmm. there's more out there. Okay. So we started uh, visiting other churches and then there was a, a small church starting up in our area, which we really liked. So we started going there. Okay. They taught us, that's where we got a lot of our teachings, deep, okay. the deeper things in life about the Holy Spirit baptism. Okay. Okay. And all that, and mm -hmm. um, that's where we learned a lot. And okay. yeah, cool. we, we. So, so that that's kind of what I was going to actually ask about a little bit was because um, to me, like when your heart is changed, mm -hmm. like that is that's God. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the Holy Spirit working in you, right. and um, got, starting to guide you in your life. Uh, he's on the forefront of your mind. I mean, yeah. you're thinking about it all yeah. the time. All your decisions and things are starting to be framed by who God is mm -hmm. instead of just what maybe a tradition is yeah. or yeah. what uh, your own thoughts are. And, yeah. and it just totally changed that. Uh, I just find that so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But we always, me and Lira always said there's about only two ways that a Mennonite or Amish can leave church. And it's um, about the only way an Amish person or a plain Mennonite can leave a church is out of rebellion. Uh -huh. Rebellion to the parents and to the church. And number two is 
or if they get radically touched and saved by God. Okay. And okay. because they are now in love with Jesus, sometimes that leads that seeking will lead them out of the Amish church mm-hmm. or the Mennonite church. Yeah. So there's only about two ways yeah. that that rebellion or if God really okay. you know, saves you radically. That's yeah. interesting. So this yeah. is a touchy issue, I guess is what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of people have this idea that, like, well, if you're Amish, uh, you have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Or if you're and some horse did. and buggy Mennonite, you have a relationship with God. But that's not necessarily yeah, the case. And um, and so I know that's touchy, yeah, but I... It also doesn't mean you don't as well. Exactly. Right? So like there's, yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what I was going to get at, is yeah. like we have to recognize that these are um, cultural and traditional uh, lifestyles in a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so um, there still has to be that relationship with Christ uh, in in there, and and mm-hmm. I find that to be k- kind of interesting. How because uh, I think a lot of people just assume, you know, yeah. like oh, well, they're know. they're all that's true. That's true know. because of how they live, live their lives. They must be saved, right? Mm-hmm. But that but that's not true because lot, lots of their emphasis is on the outside. Mm-hmm. Right. You dress right, you look right, you do right, mm-hmm. and right. it you know, and most some of them. I was a sinner, and I even <laughs> had a brother and sister that later on left church too and they said they were never even born again and that's why they left because they got born again too later in life okay and you know that does happen okay and wow so that's 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 an interesting i just find that so fascinating so so you guys were looking for other churches how does that i mean i'm sure that was actually pretty hard for you guys yeah. because your whole lives were uh, was about the community of the church yes. in that sense. Like, did you know outsiders very much? We had uh, some friends. Okay. But I guess what I really noticed when we finally stepped away from the Menon- the horse and buggy Mennonites is I didn't realize I'd feel this way. All of a sudden, I felt stripped. Stripped oh. of the security we had. Yeah, there's a security yeah. in the Mennonite system. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's good or not, because <laughs> our security should be found in God. Right. But all of a sudden, I just felt naked. I felt stripped. I just oh, wow. didn't feel like I had the uh, security. Yeah. And you know, I had to go to to God and say, God, you're my security now. I don't have, I don't have my family. I don't have the Mennonite system oh, wow. anymore to to do that for me. That's interesting. Yeah. So, because I I do find that sometimes when people are away from their cultural upbringing, and this actually is the case. I find even outside of Christian circles, even uh, or I shouldn't say outside of Christian circles, but but you know, moving from a small town to the big city, mm-hmm. moving from a rural area to a big city, or something like that. Like I think about the time that Corliss and I moved to Colorado, mm-hmm. and hopefully Corliss doesn't mind me sharing this, but um, uh, we've talked about this before where. You know, all of a sudden, your your roots, where you grew up, mm-hmm. it, everything you know, uh, is no longer there. Mm-hmm. You you don't have that foundation. Yeah. So like, so for instance, you know, a fair amount of people around here know her parents or her grandparents. Mm-hmm. Well, you move somewhere else, nobody, nobody knows. knows you from anybody. I mean, it's it's right. you're you're on your and so. You know, it doesn't matter if you're putting a job reference down. They don't really care, like, so what that you worked for your dad, you know? What does that mean? Um, Those types of things. Whereas around here, that holds a little weight because people know them. It's all about people knowing people, you know? Out in the wide world, who knows? (laughs) And so there's that. I, I can mm-hmm. see how that would be. Uh, and the Mennonites, they are really caring for their own people right. if you do what they want you to do. Okay. You know, if you, like, we stepped out, we stepped away, well, right. then all of a sudden you didn't get any phone calls, you didn't get any, oh, how are you doing, or I'm right. thinking of you, or, or whatever. Okay. Right. It's just that closeness all yeah. left, and it's like you felt stripped. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, does that sometimes affect people in different ways, I'm assuming? Uh, for some people, would that almost um, 
lend to a rebellion like if if they start to experience more of the outside world so to speak um and then it just like pushes them further uh for you guys it, it, it wasn't really that way uh, you guys were really just seeking god it yes, seems like yes. and so i you know um that's probably something you're really thankful for yeah, yeah well i think some people the reason they leave like the armies just up and leave right. i think they're just so fed up with maybe the rules and the way things are going and mm -hmm. it's a lot of condemnation and can be mistrust in there too. Right. And sometimes, you know, bad things happen among the Amish and the horse and buggy Mennonites, which you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes because of that, people just say, I'm so sick of this, I'm just going to go. Okay. You know, that's kind of out of rebellion, maybe. Or they see certain hypocrisy. And yeah. Things, which happens in any church community, probably. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. So I imagine that leaving would have put your, your family in a, uh, in a tough spot. Like, how was... How was that? That was pretty them? bad. Yeah. That was pretty bad. I remember one thing they said, they you know, were begging for us to stay and come back. And mm -hmm. they said, just wait till your children are grown and they'll want to leave your church for another one. Then you know what we went through. Not sleeping, crying all night, waking up with oh. our pillows wet. Mm -hmm. oh. And you know, our children are all grown up. Most <laughs> of them are not going to the church where we're going. Yeah. It's like didn't affect us like it did my our yeah. families it's like why yeah i guess huh. we kind of gave over to the lord like mm -hmm. you know if they're seeking god yeah. and if they find god somewhere else and feel that this other place is for them better maybe than here that's okay with us yeah lord you're in control mm -hmm. and we didn't want to control them like i think we were kind of controlled by our, okay. our families like you stay here yeah um well, and that was what they knew. Like you said, that security, that's what they grew up yeah, in. Their security yeah. was in that, that church family. And so to them, it was like throwing you to the wolves. And and uh, so, yeah, I can imagine that being really hard for them. And But then mm -hmm. being able to trust your children to yeah. Jesus gave you some freedom. Yeah. It's like maybe they didn't have Jesus to lean on like we did. Okay, okay Lord, if you take our children somewhere else, Lord, we're trusting you with yeah. them. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, our parents maybe couldn't say that. I don't know. <laughs> but then again, we were, I was the first in my family to okay. leave. Mm -hmm. And Lyra was the first in his family. Mm -hmm. And that made it really hard. All of a sudden, we had two families against us. Now, some people leave and they might already have a sibling that has left. A okay. church mm -hmm. and it's not quite as hard because they don't get hit as hard because mm -hmm. they have well they have more siblings that are not okay. members of their parents church anymore sure. yeah but yeah and I have to say like I your children are awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah. thank you yeah. it's because yeah, of great. the Lord <laughs> yeah uh, I love I love uh, hanging out with them and, yeah 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 it's great we're it's pleased great. how God has worked in their lives and yeah. um I'm sure he has so much more for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, so, so, and then, so you had the whole family aspect. And then, what about, like, even with just your friends? I mean, that's uh, another thing. Yep, we got cut off. I got cut off of most of my friends. Okay. There's a few that I still kept in touch that weren't quite as strict, maybe. Yeah. And they still loved us, even though we had left church. Okay. But, you know, we never thought we'd come as far as we did. We left church, like, just one step at a time. Okay. It's like peeling an onion. God just led you farther and farther. Here I am. If somebody would have told me, like, 30 years ago that I'm going to be like this, um, my hair cut, my, you know, yeah. wearing pants, um, driving and stuff, I would have thought, no way. Oh, wow. Because uh, most Mennonites or Amish that leave just take, like, one step. They go to a church that's maybe has a car, yeah. like, we have the horse and buggy, our Mennonites, and maybe yeah. they go to a car Mennonite. Okay. And that's where they stay the rest of their lives. Okay. But it's like we were hungry for God. We were hungry for the supernatural. And okay. we were going to go as far as we have to for that. And, <laughs> wow. And we, just, we always knew there's more. Yeah. Wow. That, that, is, that is crazy for me to think about. Because I've often thought about this with my own parents. Now, my parents have passed away. And they, they grew up, you know... Mennonite. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, horse and buggy. But you know, more, more uh, conservative than what we are definitely today. And they have seen. They they when they were living. I mean, they went through so much change in their in in, in how church was for them. Uh, and I can hardly imagine how much change and how how stressful in some ways that would have been for even for my parents, my own parents. And here I have, here you are, uh, it, it was even more radical, I would yeah, say, over the years. I mean, y you went from from something that's like totally foreign to like 
us <laughs> to to where you are now i mean yeah. that's a huge yeah. uh, chasm i yeah, feel like yeah it is uh, yeah it is difference. but it took us like 30 years and we're still right. not there <laughs> right so yeah so talk so how did you get from lancaster county to here and where did the children come along the way and, and all of that Oh, you mean up here? Up here. How did you oh, end up we here? We were in Mecklenburg. We were okay. in Union County. Okay. Um, well, um, okay, we had to leave our home farm. Sure. We had uh, Leroy's parents left us live, move on the home farm, and we were farming that farm. Right. And as soon as we left church, we had to get off. Okay. okay. And we just didn't know what to do. Then we went up to a farm and rented a farm in Center County. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And we didn't like it. It didn't work out so well. well sure. All of a sudden, we didn't have anybody helping us financially mm, either sure. we we actually had borrowed money from um, some of our families we had yeah. to give everything back okay and so all of a sudden we didn't have that financial support mm -hmm. or even any other support from families sure. and then my husband's out well he's just gonna get a job so we just moved in the house and he had a job well he didn't like that either <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so we decided we want to go back to farm because that's all he knew farming yeah, yeah. it's like what else do we do even yeah. though our hearts weren't in it that much because we were we were born again we were into you know seeking to go on with the Lord and yeah. our goal wasn't how good we can have it on the farm or how good we can make the farm or how much sure. money we can make on the farm anymore we had other goals sure. but we that's all we knew to do so um, we start farming again we rented a, a farm and we start far farming and milking and then um, well of course we our boys were growing older and this farm was only a small farm and okay. we thought well, well let's go somewhere where we can have a bigger farm get the boys all involved sure. And we started looking where it was cheaper, which was here. Canton yeah. was cheaper. So we moved up here, and all of a sudden, our boys weren't really into farming. <laughs> we started sending them to a public school, and all of a sudden, they want to be in sports. Yeah. They weren't there to help us. And then we <laughs> didn't like it either. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we were doing everything after all. We were yeah. doing this for the boys, but instead, yeah. we were doing everything again. Yeah. So... Um, we're not, that's where we're at now. Okay. We cut back yep. on the farm, and sure. now my husband has a post office job, yep. Yep. and he loves that. Yep. Okay. And I work here, yep. which works out well. So. Yeah. All right, so so you both, so just because I know you a little bit, uh, <laughs> and I know your passion for God and for the Holy Spirit and for... Uh, I guess you could say manifestations of the Holy Spirit in some way. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Would you be willing to? Well, uh, we started going to this little church that was just starting up, and uh, we really liked it. The Holy Spirit was there, but this was this in, was in Mifflinburg then, or was this yeah, down yeah. that area, okay. Beaver Springs, Mifflinburg? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, the Holy Spirit was moving, but you know this was in the nineties. Okay. Ninety one, when the whole the. God was moving more yeah. in that era or okay. that season, you could say. And um, this one pastor started teaching us about the Holy Spirit baptism. He said, I know you're saved, but we, you still need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay. which we never heard about that. Going to the Manite church, and some people come out of a church where they were taught that speaking tongues, tongues is from the devil. Okay. Or being the baptism in the Holy Spirit is from the devil. Okay. And we weren't taught anything. We weren't even taught about the Holy Spirit baptism. We didn't know it gives anything like that. Mm -hmm. We thought salvation is it and that's that's it. Mm -hmm. But then we heard about this. It's like, oh God, yes, we were hungry for more because we were still fresh and new. Sure. We had just gotten born again like a, was it like half a year before maybe? Okay. And it's like, yes, we want more God. And, and we asked the Lord to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and he did. What had happened to me, I just kind of felt the Holy Spirit come on me. Okay. And then I, I uh, was crying out, more, Lord, more. And I, I felt um, like the Holy Spirit was starting at my, my belly, filling me up with okay. this warm liquid of love. Oh. I felt it coming up and overflowing. Okay. And I know after everything was done, well, I was uh, laughing and crying. But anyhow, after everything was, everything was done with that, it's like I just love people. Mm. I used to have an issue with people at church that I thought weren't quite walking the straight and narrow, maybe. <laughs> and I had an issue with that. It, yeah. it bothered me. Yeah. And um, after that, it's, I loved them. I oh, didn't care wow. if they were walking right or not. I yeah. loved them. Mm -hmm. And it's like I loved everyone. Yeah. That's so cool. So, yeah. so that's a really cool example of you have this, this experience of God just pouring His Spirit on you. Mm -hmm. And the fruit of that... Long term, coming out is love, mm -hmm. and uh, how? I mean, 
what more do you need than than uh, to see that you know that that overflowing fruit of the spirit just bubbling out yes. after something like that happening that's so cool. and that you said bubbling i felt a bubbling <laughs> i just felt i could feel yeah. it. it's like yeah. the lord gave me these uh, manifestations that i could feel okay. things yeah. but you know that that lasted for about a week okay. and then i think i mean then he want me to walk by faith i think yeah. you, know, you can't always go by feelings right. but i felt his love on me i felt the mm. holy spirit on me i felt this bubbling up during that, that whole week after I was baptized or filled in with the Holy yeah. Spirit baptism. Mm-hmm. But I think there comes a time when He wants you just to step out and, mm-hmm. you know, by faith and um, wow. walk in these things, even though I don't always feel things. Yeah. It's like, yeah. then all of a sudden, I guess I, we sometimes get a little down, then like, where are you, Lord? Where are you, Holy Spirit? Well, He's right there. You just don't always feel mm-hmm. Him. Right. But mm-hmm. you believe and have faith that He's with you because He said, I will never leave you. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. That is so powerful. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And then I also received tongues a little later. I didn't quite okay. at that evening sure. that, yeah. that he poured out his spirit. But I did receive tongues. And, you know, now I guess sometimes I feel sometimes when I go through a dry time, I think, oh, I'm so glad I have tongues. I mean, this might not be for everyone, but this is how I feel with the spiritual tongues yeah. that you have, the yeah. heavenly tongues. It's like, um, you know, some, sometimes, you know, we don't feel like, or really don't know what to pray or how to pray, yeah. you just start praying in tongues. Okay. And I'm so thankful that I have tongues because I pray more in tongues than yeah. in the natural. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And yeah. I might think about somebody and think, oh Lord, I don't know how I should pray for them. I just, would you just help me? Then I might yeah. pray in tongues and I feel God's working some, yeah. you know, something through that, wow. I hope. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So. No, I just, yeah, I just love hearing these stories because I feel like they challenge me because I don't, you know, I, I've never from, I don't think God has given me the gift of tongues. I haven't asked for it a lot. I mean, I, I have asked for it because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to be open with God mm-hmm. saying, you know what, if there's more, yes, uh, let's get hungry. Would you, would you give me more? And, and so just learning those things and, and learning how to just, uh, be open to the spirit in the sense of my daily walk. Mm. I remember this is going to sound like a strange story, maybe, <laughs> but I remember one time driving down the road, and there was a branch on the road. Okay, and this just sounds silly, but there was a branch on the road. So what do you do? You drive around it because you're like, oh. <laughs> and it's in a rural road, so you know that's it's just it's around. to be expected, yeah. kind of. But I distinctly remember feeling nudgings and i believe it was the holy spirit nudgings uh, on my conscience saying stop go back take that branch and throw it you know off the road i have no idea why you know maybe maybe it was because the next person that would come on the road would you know have an accident because of it or something i don't know god knows but Are we obedient to the nudgings of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Are we are we taking notice to what He's telling yeah. us to do, uh, and following through with that? Um, One of my favorite yeah. stories of something like that is a, a guy from the house church I grew up in. He uh, he was just like getting excited for the Lord and just starting to learn that you know the start to learn the voice of God and and uh, it was in the middle of the summer. He said, you know, hot hot day. He's getting ready to leave early in the morning and he felt God say bring gloves and I think this had happened before and he like didn't do it or something I'm, I'm not sure on that but this day is like bring gloves he's like gloves like it's summer <laughs> so he did he went found some gloves took them and came up on the guy broke him down and his ice cream truck like a swan's truck with like frozen yeah. stuff had broken down and they needed gloves <laughs> to help the guy unload stuff and get into the freezer so it was just yeah one of those cool things yeah. you never know when god's gonna ask you to bring gloves in the middle of summer so. yeah <laughs> and, and i've had times so as a pastor like sometimes i'm i try to be really in tune and and um i'm like i feel like god is telling me go visit this person mm-hmm. and so i'll drive to that house and follow through and the person's not home mm-hmm. does that mean that like i got it wrong like sometimes mm-hmm. i think about that and i'm like no i think for some reason god just wanted to like wanted me to do that yeah. like yeah. I, and i don't understand maybe he's trying to teach me something sure. maybe you know yeah. but but not being ashamed for obeying yeah. god yeah. Uh, the holy spirit even when you don't think 
even when you think about, oh, this is me obeying the Holy Spirit or, or yeah, me obeying God in this instance is going to uh, do this as an outcome. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the outcomes are. No. It's our it's it's our responsibility, I think, to just follow through and obey with what sure. God is prompting for us. Yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. So, so, so no, I, so I no, you, that is so. Um, I find that fascinating. So where where are you now? Uh, now that you've been through this journey in life, and just I'm just curious uh, how yeah where where you're at with things now and in your life. What what is your what are your days full of? <laughs> well, I am. Um, I guess as, as spiritually where I'm at is um, I guess I'm longing for more. Yeah. You hear these stories of the times when God was really moving, like Azusa Street mm-hmm. revivals, yeah. and and that's like oh Lord, I just grab on to stuff like that. Lord, that's what we want. That's what I want to mm-hmm. see. You just hear so many stories. It's like I haven't. We haven't seen anything. Yeah. We haven't seen anything yet. I believe what the future, what's going to happen is we'll get a third great awakening. You know, maybe the last mm. end time revival. Yeah. You've been hearing about that. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. Even though the, the the world is really chaotic right now, I think in the spiritual it's going to become chaotic too because God is going to be shaking. Mm. He's going to be shaking off people stuff off people, stuff out of churches maybe that he doesn't really want there. I think he's gonna ready to pour out his uh, wine into new wine skin, mm. new wine. And I think we have to be prepared for, for that. Yeah. Um, oftentimes when I think oftentimes in the what happens in the natural is also gonna happen in the spiritual where there is a verse in the Bible right. about that too. And I think of how chaotic it is. Mm. I think, Lord, I think you're about ready to do something in people's lives. Because, you know, I think, I think we all have issues. Yeah. And I, th- I just think some of these things, you know, um, a guy wants a, he's coming back for a bride. Yeah. And he yeah. wants a bride without spot or a wrinkle. Mm. And uh, I think he has to do work in a surgery in our hearts, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think that is happening as we speak. I, 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 I do wonder what God is up to sometimes and um, just trying to be tuned in to that and, and being open to what, what he has. Yeah, wow. I guess I thought one thing that had to change a lot with me, and I'm still working at that, is my thought pattern, mm-hmm. my thought life. Did you know that many of our battles are self-inflicted? Mm-hmm. We think thoughts we shouldn't think and then pretty soon we're doing things we never even thought we'd do. Right. And it's like some of you know we we have to start with the mind. We gotta take every thought captive. Yeah, yeah, that's because for sure. the devil is there. He's gonna be planting seeds, and we don't want to let him grow yeah. because they'll take over. Yeah, they'll yeah. take over. Nice. There's this uh, quote, and I won't say it exactly, but from uh, <laughs> C.S. Lewis is about um, it's like I face many great trials and and hardships and things in my life and most of which never happen <laughs> it's like he's talking about anxieties yes. and, and fears and worry yes. yeah. yeah and you know i think we have to yeah. realize that we're also the people of god mm-hmm. born of his spirit mm-hmm. we now have his royal blood flowing mm-hmm. through us and we have his dna yeah. you know we if we think about that and if we look at it that way, it's like, yeah, we are adopted into the royal family. We're not orphans anymore. Yeah. I know after we had left the Mennonites, I think we were orphans for a long time, okay. not really knowing who we are or where we belong or anything like that. But we're not orphans. We're not orphans. Yeah. Yeah. We know our father and his son. We're sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. He is my everything, or is he just my savior? Saved, but going to heaven spiritually bound up and crippled. Mm-hmm. No, he wants us whole spirit, soul, and body. Wow. You know, I, I, I've recently been reading, of course, a book. And that, that, that what you just said just kind of reminded me of this. I think I even just, maybe it was even this morning I read this section. Uh, and it's actually called, um, oh, now I can't think of what it's called. <laughs> but it's about uh, the difference between being um, poor God um versus with God uh, and that kind of there's a quote I think John Piper it was attributed to John Piper I think um, kind of like this idea of like you know what what is our treasure what is our goal Mm. is it is it heaven or is it to be with 
God. And, and it reminds me of, of you, Edna, because you're always seeking for more of God. Mm-hmm. You're always seeking for more of the Holy Spirit or for what God is doing in this world. Or you want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, are we seeking God or are we just seeking his benefits? That's true. You know, uh, are we just saying, uh, you know what? I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven. And that's, that's mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, because if that's the kind of thing we're looking for, we might find a heaven without yeah. uh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are yeah. we seeking? Yeah. What What are we seeking, and what are we treasuring? Um, yeah. Because if we're tre- if we're just seeking after heaven, right. well, mm-hmm. that you know, and, yeah, that's different. Well, I just than had to think Christ. of uh, you know what what I'm looking for in the future. Um, I had a couple different pro- we had a couple different prophecies about how we'll be going back to our families. We'll be going back to our people with mm-hmm. with Jesus, you know, share Jesus. And um I guess it's kind of like Paul. He was a Gentile, yeah. but a Roman citizen by birth. He knew both sides and was able to bridge the gap. First it was like no way do I want to go back to my people. Mm-hmm. It was like when I that got prophesied <laughs> the first time I told my husband I don't even want to go back. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> and then it got prophesied again. Mm-hmm. And then we're thinking you know what I do feel sorry for them if they were where I was at. Uh-huh. You know if they ever become open maybe the flow would be there and we could go back and minister to them. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like Mary I had to think of when the angel told her she was going to have a son. She said, how can this be? Mm-hmm. And you know, when they prophesied that we'll be going back to our families or mm-hmm. our church people, our people, yeah. to share Jesus, I thought, how can this be? I mean, they kicked us out, they don't want anything to do with us. Um, but the Lord, you know, the Lord is going to do it. We're not going to do it. It's the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. just like for Mary. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her and because of that. And yeah. it's like the Holy Spirit is going to do it for us. Wow, We're yeah, that does do remind me of Paul so much because he wanted to go back to his people, mm-hmm. um, and and yet he was called to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to go back, mm-hmm. and we see that in uh, Acts when he goes back to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. We see that uh, in his writings uh, to to the Romans, yeah. uh, the church there in Rome. Yeah. Uh, we see him talking a lot about how uh, his heart is for the Jews, mm-hmm. and because. Um, because they needed Jesus too. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know they—they're here. They are the original family. Uh, it's like if we don't—if we don't make ourselves available and be obedient, who will? Right. You know, because right. it's like I wrote down right. here. Um, this one thing I learned over the years is that I need to be who God called me to be. Oh, right. Just yeah. as there is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith. One baptism, one God, and one Father. God has given me one road to follow and one agenda to pursue. He has given me specific places to share God's love, and He will show me the one way to get there. Mm-hmm. He is a God of order and not confusion. Mm-hmm. And I had to think of there remains a rest for the people of God. You know, yeah. we need to rest in, in this, and God yeah. will show us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can't try to follow somebody else like, Okay, you you read this book and this happened to you. Now I'm going to read it. Or, or you were at this ministry and this happened to you. Now I'm going to go and see if it happened. You know, you just can't do that because yeah. God works differently in each person. Well, and I I find it interesting too that you know, you uh your your situation is unique to to you you guys. I mean, uh you know if I if I were to say let's just say I go back to or I go to a horse and buggy Mennonite or something, it's it might because I'm not understanding their culture as much because I you know all of these different things like why would and and I'm not saying I shouldn't say anything to them I'm just saying or that I shouldn't reach out but like why would you know they even want to listen to somebody who's you know doesn't understand them first in that sense and so 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 yeah we all have our places I think within the world to to impact to to uh, mm-hmm. help people pursue God. Yeah. Just like some missionaries, they say they do better if they minister to somebody there and get them saved and baptized in the Holy right. Spirit than send them out to their own people. Yeah. That works better, they say, than if you come from a foreign country and try to fit in to, yeah. to minister mm-hmm. to them. It's, it just doesn't yeah. work as well, I heard already. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, another thing I learned in my life is, um, you know, we had some bad things happen to us. It was probably some our fault. Mm-hmm. And we spoke out when we shouldn't have or anything. <laughs> but um, 
I realize that there's nothing wasted in God's economy. Oh, yeah. God will use everything for His glory. He will use all, even the bad things. <laughs> you know, the bad mem- yeah. the bad things you went through. He's going to use those. Right. He is making us all into a beautiful masterpiece for His glory. Wow. And only God can do that. You know, only God can take me from where I was and, and do things through me and in me and use all my mistakes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he does. He uses our the the, the bad things that happens happens that happen to us, even though you don't wish that on anyone. Um, he also he does use our mistakes. It's and oftentimes I find it's it's uh, it's about humbling ourselves and uh, maybe admitting that we made a mistake to somebody and coming to somebody and asking for forgiveness or or acknowledging that or. Um, just different times like that and man those are hard <laughs> it's hard to swallow <laughs> your pride sometimes I know I've <laughs> had to do that yeah like, I did too when I got <laughs> born again when I got saved I had to go back to about six different people yeah. right at that time I was still tender in the Lord oh, because yeah. I've just gotten saved it's like things start coming to me and it's like oh I gotta go back and apologize <laughs> yeah. and ask for forgiveness yeah. you know Wow, that was awesome. Thank yeah. you, Edna, for just yeah, taking this you. time. Oh, you're uh, welcome. We just appreciate that and this insight into your world a little bit, into what God is doing through you and, and what he's brought you through in, in so many ways. And uh, like I said, your family is awesome. I mm-hmm. love your family. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, and uh, I love seeing Leroy out in the road sometimes. I we'll try to wave. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just... Uh, I just hope that you can be encouraged in the Lord and as we continue to work together to seek Him. Yes. And Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I just thank you for who you are and that you are alive and moving and still um, seeking your children and, and pursuing them with your love. And Lord, just thank you for, for Edna and for her family and just for the way that you pursued them and just showed them how you want a relationship with them. And that, Lord, you... You don't desire sacrifice so much as you desire our praises. And, and uh, Lord, I just thank you for that. And thank you that you're continuing to do that to draw people to yourself and that you have many, many rooms uh, in heaven and that you don't like wasting things. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll give us boldness and courage to introduce you to those around us so that um, those rooms will be filled and that uh, people will will find you um uh, because you've been pursuing them and you love them and and you want them. So, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for Edna and for her family and thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we love you and thank you and pray that you'll bless your your people this week and be especially near to us, guiding us and giving us wisdom as we seek to live as your people um, in these times. So we love you and thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks for listening. Until next time.